Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for our Travel Thursday edition of Mind Your Business. And it is that time of the year where the holiday season is upon us. In fact, it's here already. I'm sure you have a lot of friends who are already traveling or perhaps you're planning to travel just after Christmas. I personally like to do that. A lot of countries lifting their travel restrictions as well. So safe to say holiday travel is officially back and it's a nice feeling isn't it? Well, from airlines to hotels, from online travel agencies to local tour operators, merchants are expected to capitalize on the surge in demand. But at the same time, protecting travelers from potential scams during frequent transactions is quite important. In fact, as online traffic spikes during the holiday season, cybersecurity has become a top priority for many vendors as they aim to provide a safe and secure checkout and you know, that seamless customer experience. So what more can be done for those in the travel industry to protect their customers from online scams? And what practices can travelers follow to avoid being a victim of scam? On the line with me this morning is Farah Mehta, who is the Senior Director, APAC Chief Information Security Officer for PayPal. Good morning. Good morning, Elliot. Let's talk a little bit about online scams in the travel and tourism sector. How do they work in this sector? How is it different? Primarily, you know, they use the three out of the top six type of scams that are perpetrating in Singapore. So they use a combination of phishing, e-commerce and impersonation. They can take form in the form of visa applications, arrival card applications, flight bookings, or just fake travel agency websites that try to dupe victims into sharing their information from a consumer side. For merchants, obviously, it's about you know buying the tickets and convincing them to share the details of how the payment information will be shared to them, and then either taking that information and doing something else nefarious or just cancelling the charges. Okay, you know, when it comes to best practices for these travelers, I mean, it's impossible to say what are some of the best practices because you're traveling, right? You're already trying to keep safe where your personal belongings are concerned. You might fall victim to scam even more easily. Absolutely. So that's why it starts much earlier, just like in planning for the travel or, you know, buying any kind of packages. It's extremely important for everybody to make sure that the authenticity of the source that they buy these applications from has been verified. For instance, in Singapore, for any kind of travel business, they can verify the authenticity through Singapore Tourism Board or the National Association of Travel Agents in Singapore to major sites. For any kind of visa applications, obviously, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs is the best way to go and look at the website, whether it's real or not. But, you know, once that authenticity is verified, there still can be other aspects that victims or the consumer should pay attention to. For instance, the old adage that goes, if it sounds too good to be true, especially around this time where everybody's trying to go for the same types of packages, same attractions, you have to stop, slow down and think twice whether you want to give out that type of information that they're asking for advanced booking or for some kind of a favored check-in. If you look at that, the source itself, the authenticity or just how much the application itself or the transaction itself makes sense, Mm -hmm. 
then the last and the most important thing is to keep handy mm. information around reporting any kind of fraud or suspicious transactions that may happen. Most of the banking institutions, so DBS, for instance, has a 24-7 hotline. PayPal, for instance, offers for both consumers as well as merchants protections. So if you've used any of these merchants or applications or banking to make the payment, you can go in and then report as soon as possible to try and at least minimize the damage, if not recover your full refund. Mm -hmm. You mentioned visa applications. Some of these bad actors are getting quite creative. Just last week in Singapore, the ICA warned of the fake SG arrival card. Basically, this website is fishing for personal particulars and payments of $30 for submission of disembarkation card. Could you give us some tips on red flags that we can watch out for? Maybe perhaps a check list that we can go through when we're faced with such scenarios absolutely and it's been happening for you know not just singapore uh, arrival cards but also with thailand visa mm. and vietnam visa i mean same singapore police had informed in the mid of 2022 victims had lost more than thirty-five thousand dollars just for these type of visa applications or arrival card type of expenses so i think at the basic, right, you want to make sure that the website or the mobile app is from an authentic source. How do you do that? It's not just looking at the website itself or the URL itself or the link that has been sent to you, but to go from a authentic source that you're already aware of, like the Ministry of Foreign Affairs or like the Singapore Tourism Board, to ensure that these type of businesses that are offering these deals are, in fact, legit. The second one is to never take on any kind of links or phone numbers that have been you know, sent to you or if you get a call and somebody's asking you to share either your banking ID or a password or a credit card number, do not do that because most of the businesses won't do it on the phone or online in a separate transaction. It will all be part of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from a business perspective as well. So as much as it's a problem for consumers, it's also a problem for merchants is to understand how important security and trust is, especially around the travel season for their consumers and make certain investments in ensuring that their websites cannot be faked. Their websites do not have those security vulnerabilities that can be exploited by these attackers to then dupe their unsuspecting consumers into giving out these types of information. Yeah, I was thinking it must be quite complicated for these travel merchants because everyone is trying to digitalize and you've got a situation where consumers are cautious when they see an online payment. Absolutely. That's why, as I said, it's important to make sure that their website, obviously because they have to be present online, is secure and they've done the bare minimum to ensure that there are no you know, open vulnerabilities that can be exploited, like having the, the latest firewall and mm-hmm. doing backups. But it's extremely important to ensure that what is the most riskiest part of their overall transaction, which is payment, mm-hmm. to see if they can trust a third party that has established that credibility over the years in ensuring the compliance needs, the forex needs from business as well as security to take over that burden from the merchant so that they don't have to deal with it and can ensure a smooth experience for the consumers. So whether it is PayPal or somebody else that has, again, you know, established track record of providing that secure services, especially for international travel where the merchants may not be able to offer 24-7 services, to look at these partners as a way to ensure safety and security for the consumers. 
Mm. And that's what I was going to say, right? You're having these payment solutions or advanced payment solutions. If you could share a little bit more about that with us. I, I got to admit, the first time I ever did online shopping in my life all those years ago, the only reason I went through with that transaction was because I paid via PayPal. What does PayPal do in this respect? PayPal does three primary things. One, it allows the consumer to not give out their payment information, their yeah. identity to yeah. the merchants that they are not aware of. So yeah. if, for instance, somebody from Singapore is traveling to Thailand where they might be interested in buying some attraction tickets or some kind of goods, you know, you don't know that merchant. So it's important not to give out your personal details, your credit card details to that merchant. And PayPal acts as an intermediary from a consumer side to guarantee on your behalf that you will get the money as long as the transaction is successful. The second thing from a merchant's perspective is for any country, more than PayPal's present in more than 200 plus countries, it offers 100 plus currencies. So you don't have to worry about Forex or any kind of international compliance requirements if the merchant has integrated with PayPal. Mm -hmm. And the third and the most important, I think, is the protection that it offers to both the merchants as well as the buyers to tell them both that if PayPal is involved in that particular transaction, both of you are covered. If anything happens with that transaction, you will get your money back, mm -hmm. which is, you know, at the end of the day, why everybody uses and, and has that type of trust in this intermediary that they can go to. Mm. Such messaging is so important, right? Your thoughts on, you know, travel merchants and why they need to prioritize payment security and, of course, communicate that they have payment security because we're seeing customers evolve. They want to ensure that not only their health is protected, but their pockets are protected as well. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, you touched upon it. See, increasingly, people especially after COVID, people want to travel, people yeah. want to partake in these type of interesting international experiences that are being offered around the world, especially in Asia right now. So for merchants to make sure that they understand and they are invested in making their employees aware of these type of expectations that the consumers have, that when they call and ask about how do I verify your website, they can have a good, strong conversation around that to understand the security and compliance obligations that these merchants have, whether from a credit card association, from the, the local you know, monetary authorities in whichever markets that they operate in. It's important, again, for the businesses to understand and have invested in the basic hygiene, or what it's called as cyber hygiene controls. And third, for the long-term trust, right? Only after the consumers have had good experiences, not just in terms of buying with a great deal, but actually protecting the transaction through the end of it, will the consumer come back and start to establish that trust with that particular travel agency or the, whoever the seller is. And for all of that, it's extremely important to have all of these features that are balanced, the ease of use, the compliance, the security, mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, the guarantee that the money is safe no matter what. Yeah. Just to turn a spanner in the works, what do you say to businesses who would say, yeah, I want to strengthen my cybersecurity solution, but I'm worried that this compromises smooth online booking experience. What if the customer has to go through step two, step three, step four, step five, and they get frustrated? What do you say to that business owner? 
I agree, right? I mean, I empathize with them and it has been a challenge. You just have to find that balance. A lot of consumers will not trust that particular transaction that offers a one-click way to get everything done because they don't know uh, if you don't see, for instance, an OTP come in or some kind of a strong authentication that requires face ID or touch ID, the consumers themselves feel something is suspicious. So it's, it's important to understand that with convenience, security has also become, especially again in post-COVID world, a, a real expectation of the consumer and find that balance. It doesn't have to be five, ten clicks, but it does require a strong authentication. And they have to understand who has built and invested in these type of controls and creating a track record that consumers rely on so that they don't have to start from the scratch and do all of that just for that particular season or for that transaction. Mm. And I think, you know, businesses have become quite savvy in terms of just understanding it. One thing that they cannot outsource is the education, training, and awareness part and the cyber hygiene, where it's extremely important for their agents or the, the employees to understand, one, how to speak with the consumers around these topics, and two, make sure that they can internally not be due by these type of scammers that are coming out either on behalf of consumers or otherwise to give out against sensitive information and the merchants themselves. Hmm. You bring up some really important points there. Personally, I don't see three steps uh, before I make my purchase complete. Don't trust. I'm out of the website, but that's how we train these days. Uh, Farah Mehta, who is the Senior Director, APEC Chief Information Security Officer for PayPal on the line with me. I do appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great day ahead. Thank you. It was a pleasure being with Breakfast Cattle and you earlier. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.